Hello all and welcome to the April episode of All The Footballs. I'm Charlie Ansell and this is the only podcast that covers every single footballing code, professional, amateur or traditional the world over. This month, featured code is Australian Rules Football. We delve into the history and background of that seemingly most antipodean of sporting activities. So joining me for the April episode, we have Henry Maggs once again. Hello, Henry. How you doing, Charlie? And Dan Langan. How you doing, Dan? Hello. The theme of this is Aussie Rules from Marnbrook to AFL. So before I delve straight in, Dan... Henry, lay your cards on the table. What do you know about Aussie Rules football? Just some yobbos dicking about on a cricket pitch. Henry? Uh, well, I know that, you know, passing the ball, you've got to kind of punch it to each other. I know you've, you've got four posts and you get, I think it's, oh, I'm trying to think now. I'm going to make a fool of myself. Is it six points for, like, the middle goal and then, like, a point for the ones on either side? Is that right? Something like that, anyway. Yeah, that... Um, um, yeah, obviously it's cricket pitch they play on, but I have no idea how many players aside. I've no idea like what is permitted in terms of. Cause I know it's quite a physical game, but I don't know what's permitted in terms of tackling and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I know a few of the team names. Obviously, when I was when I was pretty small, I used to live in Australia, so I got got that knowledge locked away a bit. But apart from that, I've, how the game kind of flows, I have no idea. Okay, so I, I'm going to start my. Uh introduction to this and and essentially it is um it is a a very old sport as you both know the history of australia can be at times a very contentious area and whether that relates to the flag the national anthem or the wrongs of colonial british and australian governments often the fault line hinges on the difference between the millennia old cultures of indigenous australians and the new imported cultures of the 97 percent of australians whose ancestors did not come from that continent but there's one area where these two cultures have not really clashed but indeed melded together and that is to form the game of australian rules football which is the most popular winter sport in australia and in the form of the australian football league the afl is the fourth most popular domestic sports league in the world by average attendance with the grand final held annually at the melbourne cricket ground routinely getting over 100,000 spectators however even the idea that the history of aussie rules is an amalgam a mestizo of a sport of a sort is contested heavily by some australian historians who prefer a more european centric narrative and so what are these two different footballing strands that come together and how do they end up forming this sport, Aussie Rules Football? So firstly, there is Marn Grook, which is an Aboriginal Australian game which has been played at various parts of the country for many years and many years before the first fleet arrived. So it centres on the idea of kicking and catching a ball, the ball made of various different uh, items depending on location, so one being a kangaroo scrotum, um, another being tightly rolled up possum skin or bulrush leaves. The game is essentially a fairly basic idea that one person drop punts a ball and the the group opposite them or, or off in the distance have to compete to catch that ball. Then the person who's, who's caught it kicks it back to a different group and it's... and. And, and it just rolls on from there. Now, further complexities, scoring, other rules would have been different to different areas, 
but but that essentially is the the basic game and and holds within it key part of Aussie rules football as we know it today which no other footballs have in a similar way that kick contest catch and re-kick which no other sport really does to such a level you'd say Gaelic football is a bit like it but not not in exactly the same way. So the other root of Aussie rules is the rugby brand of British public schools football. Tom Wills from rural Victoria, who in the 1840s, 1850s, was sent away to rugby school. And he, he would have grown up in the outback, potentially having seen or played Marne Grook. Now, goes off to rugby school and eventually settles back in Melbourne. And by 1858 he was leading the charge for the Australians to have a footballing game of their own so codified in 1859 the rules of the Melbourne Football Club which predate the FA's composite rules of 1861 made up what is now the basis of Aussie rules football and it was the first of the modern footballs to be codified Um, the sport that emerged from this codification and initial tinkering had a rugby shaped ball had rugby-style upright posts, but with no crossbar. Had physicality and tackling with arms, so you can tackle between the the shoulders and the hips in a very much a, a rugby style. It initially had 20 players, much like rugby was then. It's now been reduced to 18. And you had limited ability to run with the ball. So, But rather than pass it backwards um, uh, to get it forwards, um, you, you essentially uh, had to, if you want to run with it and then... Um, and then sort of move it you have to hit it but that is a unique Australian feature to this goal so the the punched handball also the bouncing on the ground every 16 yards or or 15 metres also those two posts you mentioned Henry the what are known as the behind posts which if you get it between those and the central two it's one point and then between the central two is six points and the fact it is played on a cricket pitch which this latter innovation um, is essentially because of the fir- in the first place this football was played to give cricketers an opportunity to have winter fitness and a sport to play during the winter. Now, one of the reasons it, they didn't just adopt rugby was because of the harder pitches in Australia, the harder ground. So the, the, a lot of rugby's football was scrapping on the ground, scrapping in the mud, which obviously now we know the professional games are trying to sort of take out of um, their their remit, as it were. But but that was one of the reasons why Australian rules football didn't feature that so much because of the hard grounds and cricketers were basically more likely to get hurt. So this game that had developed in the 1850s, 1860s, steadily grew and the Victorian... Football League sprung up in 1897. Due to the Victorian-centric playing of of this sport, teams from New South Wales and Queensland didn't take to it that easily. And and because when they did travel to play each other, they got totally and utterly creamed every time. These areas, Sydney, Brisbane, these these states around them, focused on the rugby codes. And during that time... The, what is now known as the Barassi Line, the invisible line that carves up and down Australia, where west of it you play Aussie rules and east of it you generally play rugby league or or rugby union, but, but generally the most popular sport is rugby league. That was developed, really, started to be developed during this period. 
However, during that time, such was the fluidity of, of the footballs being played in the late Victorian period, even the British Lions and the All Blacks played Vic, what was then Victorian rules on tours because they went to that place and they played the football that was being played in that area. Other states in Australia did pick up this homegrown Australian variant and there were very strong state leagues in Western Australia, South Australia and Tasmania. Even though... Australia is such a vast country, it still was quite surprising that it took until 1990 for a regular national competition to emerge. And so the VFL becomes the AFL in 1990 after Sydney, Brisbane and Perth had all had VFL teams in the 1980s. Now the AFL is a huge juggernaut of a league with 18 teams in five Australian states paying the highest salaries in Australian sport and getting the biggest audiences. Still though, 10 of the 18 teams are based in or around Melbourne and whilst there are four teams in Queensland and New South Wales combined, the Brassy line still exists in terms of where players come from and what sports people watch on TV. The starting of a 12-team AFLW over the past few years has been a great kick on for the game and in terms of popularity it just seems, seems to grow and grow and this year it developed even further. So back to Mangrook and Aussie rules. It may have been only anecdotal evidence that gives us the idea that these two together sort of were the, were the root of what is now Australian rules football but However unintentional, Australia does have a game that is loved by the masses, both indigenous and non-indigenous, and represents both of their histories and cultures combined. There it is, Aussie Rules Football. So, Henry, Dan, any questions? Yeah, Chai, thank you. That was really interesting. And I've got two questions, actually. One is, is the going back to the man Greek Aboriginal game kind of woke signalling by the league to try and pretend that it is the game there and we, we've seen many things like political attempts you know thinking of Seth Blatter saying that the game originated in China from association football there's often a lot of politics behind this between what's what really happened and where it came from and the evolution of it sounds amazing but I'm just wondering if it's just in the current prism of 2020 are we going back to the old game and secondly, why have has this survived when the Australians have been pretty, like most of the Commonwealth, picked up the games of Victorian Britain, but, you know, the Aussies being dominant force of cricket, for example, for a long time, and yet, and they all, you know, they all play rugby, but and they still, you know, they still play soccer. But how come that Aussie rules has kind of come out of this? Because it's not like America where you've got basically them saying we don't want to play your sports anymore. They've, they've embraced most of the British sports that they, they took with them, but this one seems to have somehow flowered, which is interesting. I just wonder if there's an explanation why or anyone's thought about it. So the, that those are two very good questions. And the first the first question, the is it sort of woke signalling, there would be Aust- Australian historians that would tell you that. Um, the, the the sort of... The, the Mangrook Aussie rules root story starts to develop in a historiographical sense in the 1980s and there are three historians of Aussie rules football who who delve back into that look at the life of Tom Wills who is this chap who essentially went to rugby school came back um, helped develop this game was was the main figure behind it and say well 
you know, it's not just coincidental that he pick, combines a sport he's played with with these elements that essentially are are also there being played by the indigenous australians around them so so in in terms of really modern woke thinking the, the league doesn't really have too much to say on that because there are quite a if you if you know a bit about australian rules football culture as well there's quite a lot of racism floating around interestingly it is a sport played by a lot of indigenous people so some of the biggest stars they have ever had in Aussie rules over the last 30 years are Indigenous Australians. So it obviously means something to Indigenous Australians, this sport, because, and they obviously see it as their own in some way, because it is, I mean, the, the, there is a, a show on um, Australian public service television for Indigenous communities, you know, an Aussie rules football show presented by and for um, Indigenous communities, that's called the Mangrook Footy Show. So there, there is this tying, at least in their culture, but the league, no, it's not being led by the league. The league aren't trying to gain a huge amount of grounds by that. It's a historiographical thing, really. Secondly, a second point, why, that's a very good point. Why has this sport stayed and become so big? I think because it got a march on everything else, mostly, especially in Victoria, it got a march. So that was the first football that was played and organised. They got together before they got themselves together and codified before soccer did before rugby union properly wrote down their rules they got they really got with it and got going and so by the time and that's that's the point like when the lions go down and and the all blacks go down they have to play victorian rules because because that's the established sport and and there is you know it's better to go there and play them at their sport. Now, actually, the Lions and the All Blacks win games at Aussie Rules or Victorian Rules, as it was then down down there. They they were good footballers, but 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 then there was a much more merging and melding. But then I suppose the second part of that is why does it still stay? But a bit like a bit like in in America, there is a bit of well, this is our game, and and sod you, this this is our sport, and and. And this is, it's not quite as vehement, you know, we want to, but it is part, yeah, it is, we have developed our own game and we are playing it and enjoying it and we don't care if no one else in the world plays it. Yeah, Charlie, a question for you. You're saying, obviously, the, um, the kind of roots come from, um, I, can't, I can't pronounce it, but the kind of the indigenous game and also um, rugby. Um, but one of the things I find interesting is isn't there like a, a, a kind of annual game against um, kind of Gaelic football, um, kind of you know the team in, in Ireland? Is, is there any route there? Is there any connection between Aussie rules and Gaelic football? I, th- I think that's a route some Australian historians would prefer, um, but but there isn't because whilst there was football played in Ireland, Cade historically, and. Um, they did act around this period to, to form their own game. It was later. So Gaelic football sort of turns up in the 1880s in its sort of modern form, 30 years after Australian rules football. So, so, so no, I don't think there is there. But that is an interesting point about international rules. So because they are both fairly insular sports that are just played in that one country... 
they've looked for they've looked for international competition and they've found it in the because quite a lot of Irish lads were going across and playing Aussie rules because there is there is quite a bit of comparison. It's a different shaped ball, but it's the kick, catch, turn, agility, big pitch, be able to run, be you know, kick at various points to score in, in the goal. So yes, there there is a bit of transferability and so international rules is played generally every two years. The main problem is the physicality, which is something you mentioned earlier. So Gaelic football has a physicality very similar to association football. So it's actually not that physical. Whereas Australian rules football has a physicality similar to rugby. Um, not quite as impact centred, but they can they can hit each other hard. And... And so generally what happens is they've made had to make the rules so in fate to make it even, they are much more in favour of the of the Gaelic football style. So actually it is a fairly even contest, but it's a round ball, it's a rectangular pitch, it's Gaelic football goals, it's much more in favour of the Irish side. Henry. Another question I've got is you kind of you mentioned that a lot of it's basically you know kicking the ball forward and competing for it in the air. So in like rugby union, you're not allowed to kind of you know play a man in the air. Is, is there any such rules in Aussie rules? Are you allowed to kind of properly take someone out if they're uh, trying to catch the ball? Yeah, you're allowed to. It, the contest in the air is one of the main things, and that and that's one of the main sort of ties with Martin Grook is that the contest in the air is is one of the main features of the sport and so you are even allowed to because because catching the ball if you if you catch the ball over 15 meters a kicked ball that's gone over 15 meters it's called a mark which a mark is something that comes from from rugby and it's very similar to the the idea of the fair catch in in american football that this that is something that does go between those sort of rugby style sports is is the idea that if you catch it after kicked over a certain distance, you get then play then stops. But what Aussie Rules has is it's very much about the contest, and you can get use someone else's back to climb and catch it. So you get what's called a, spe- a specky mark, which is a spectacular spectacular mark where you can use someone else's body to get yourself higher, and that doesn't happen anywhere else. So you're effectively like an opposition player, you mean? So you're kind of effectively jumping off them, or like using them to get your, 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 yourself higher in order to catch a higher ball. Yeah, you can. Oh wow! Okay. Found my role in that game to be a step stool for somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but but they do have smaller players. You know, they have players from seven foot ruckman, as they call them, to to the quick guys who run around the edge who who can be five foot. Nine, five foot ten. You know, there's. I, I, I thought everyone was a six foot five man named Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> not well, not not necessarily. You know, as I say, that you get quite a lot of indi- indigenous Australians. Now you're getting quite a lot of Australians of other um, of other ethnic makeups and diversities who are coming over, and you're even getting them poaching from yes, Ireland, but other countries. So there've been in recent years college basketball players that. Who've come over? Most famous is a guy called Mason Cox, who who plays for Collingwood. 
and yeah, there there are a lot of of players who've transferred between coats. Because Charlie, Don't. I know you really like this sport, but uh, why hasn't it travelled farther outside of one state in quite a small country, which is a long way from everywhere? <laughs> Because I, I I would argue that it doesn't have a lot of international relevance to me. But as much, you know, I've, I've seen a bit of it and it does look pretty spectacular. I, if I was around the right area of the world, I'd definitely want to go and watch. But do, will I be tuning in next week? No. And I, I guess, why is it... I don't think it's got much global appeal, unless you can correct me, compared to, say, I'd say a good comparison is the NFL, which has definitely got global reach. Well, the... The NFL, if we think about it, only has global reach because of the United States, I would argue. So I'd say because the United States is such a big cultural superpower and because everyone's favourite television show might mention the Super Bowl or the NFL, I think that that leads to the global reach. Additionally, how many people actually would watch the Bears at the Falcons on a Sunday night, late night, compared to how many would watch the Super Bowl. Like, the the disparity is quite large, whereas whereas in Aussie Rules football, the, the audiences are going to be relatively, you know, closer together. But you are right. There is not an... Inter- there's hardly any international audience beyond Australian expats. Henry. So, I'll be honest with you. I, I find NFL quite a hard watch sometimes because it's very stop and start. Uh, in terms of the flow of the game, how does like Aussie rules typically go? Is 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 it a lot of kind of like resetting and then it's like next play, or is it just like fast and furious, like you know, like rugby league or something like that? It is more in in terms of ball in play. It is more like association football. It it is probably in terms of sort of speed. The game is played at. It is. It is probably the quickest of the professional. Of the professional codes because of the ability. Because you've got so many players, you've got eighteen, but the ability to move the ball quick, quickly by kicking it at speed means. I'd say that and Gaelic football are the quickest because, because what association football gives you the ability to do is slow the ball down, so you can yeah. by passing it by passing it sort of slowly along your defensive self, you know defence and then back to the keeper, you can really slow a game down. In Aussie rules, the the accuracy required to do that would be massive. So or be would be really so sides can do that, but it's marginal in terms of actually so so it's played at such speed that it's quite an exciting sport. And and I am fairly surprised that it's not taken off but but it's not taken off basically because everywhere else got their football before this one turned up. So they had it. They were so sort of spread off from the world. I mean, you say one state. Yes, one state sort of slightly monopolises the 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 monetary side of it. But actually, in terms of culture, it doesn't. South Australian Australian rules football culture is massive. It's it's huge. It's it's nearly as big as as in Victoria. Definitely over in Perth and Western Australia, their culture's big, and in Tasmania, theirs is as well. I just wanted to say for the benefit of our 12 listeners that your hand gesture for slowing down play was beautiful. <laughs> like you're rocking the sleeve of a small child. <laughs> I think the elves should definitely start using this. <laughs> so 
so, so Charlie, when you, when you said like about slowing down play, uh, I, I say it's definitely a feature of, of football where you can just kind of take the, the, the pace out of the game and just you know pass around the back and you know that that kind of thing. My, my take on watching a bit of Aussie rules is it's really chaotic. I was just wondering, is there any real room for tactics in it? Yes. So it's a game where you just basically punt it to the big guys, at the, you know, at the top of the pitch and hopefully get them off. Yes, there are proper tactics to it. It is a bit. Yes, it is fairly. I mean, I sort of, you know, have to look quite hard for them because to the to the someone who hasn't grown up in that culture, it is fairly difficult, I suppose. But it but it's sort of similar to association football in the sense that in association football there is either ball playing sides or sides that just lump it. Um, in in Aussie rules, there are there are the sides who are classier ball players there are the sides that are essentially just power thump it there are sides that are better using the handball so for example Geelong they developed a system a few years ago that helped them win a a couple of grand finals where they essentially handballed it a lot more they got better at the handball and so they could run it through everyone they were better at controlling and because they were fit and because they could handball they they cut sides apart in an unusual way for the time because because they had control over an element of the skill. So so yes, tactical a bit like, you know, rugby union, rugby league, there there are tactical developments, it keeps moving, it keeps going. What I quite like about this sport is it's fairly pure. It hasn't really changed a huge amount in in a hundred years. It stayed roughly the same, whereas Rugby Union keep changing the rules. Rugby League keep changing the rules and messing around with them because they think, for some bizarre reason, that is the key to getting more fans or keeping fans interested. This sport has stayed relatively pure. And one thing I would say as well, which might be my final, one of my final points on this, is that actually I think it's fairly pure to the original kind of footballs that were played on sports grounds of public schools in the, in the ni- 19th century in Britain. I think the kind of sport they played was a very quick, very rough and tumble, very messy game on a big field. And that is essentially what this is. Henry. So, yeah, Charlie, before the pod, you can have sent us a couple of links to, to a few matches to watch of Aussie Rules, the highlights at least, just to kind of get a feel for the game. And one of the ones which, uh, which I, I, I enjoyed both matches, but they're both pretty good games, um, was the Anzac, um, Anzac Day Eve match. There's one particular move by uh, by Melbourne Demons, which which was reminiscent of like an uh, association football counter attack. So there was a lot of forward passing, which one of the things in rugby obviously you can't pass the ball forward. Mm. And, you, and it's just it's bizarre seeing a ball that shape moving forward for a start. Which I, mean, I know you have an NFL as well, but for me that was quite quite an interesting naughty. But the way the ball was moving was quite like that, and I was like, it's my my, my assumption of or my I guess. Um, um, what I thought of Aussie rules was it was just lumping it forward to these guys, as Dan said, like seven foot dudes, like trying to jump up in the air and, and, and keep in the air for it. And just seeing the ball move along at that level to work it to the, to, you know, to the post, was, I thought was absolutely incredible. Or just the, the actually passing with the, with the, you know, with the punch in the ball, which is, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, Max, I agree with you. I think for the untrained eye, it's very easy to criticise a sport's tactics when you don't know the game. For example, if you were looking at rugby, you'd just say, well, Big Billy Vanapola just picked it up the back and just steamed through three people. 
or Johnny May just ran really fast with the ball, or even the League Cup final the other day. You've got Pep Guardiola's Man City playing Spurs off the park, but ultimately the goal was a corner for a big centre-back to smash into the back of the net. So I think it's we shouldn't. Then we should judge a sport by going, oh, it's just big blokes kicking the ball to each other when we don't really understand because you could look at our sports and say exactly the same. But ultimately, a lot of it's about physicality, isn't it? That's it. You can trivialise any sport, can't you? Like you really can. But yeah, I, I just thought it was really interesting because it really challenged my preconceptions, like that move in particular. Because I was like, that is just not what I expected to see in terms of a, a counter attack like in football where the ball's moving from player to player up the pitch rather than being booted the length of the pitch like you would get from in I guess associated football from a from a Burnley or a Stoke City type thing. And this is why Dustin Martin was my got my three points in football of the year, because he is a guy who's got brilliant kicking ability. Like he could you know, he could kick a you know, a rugby league, a rugby union ball, he could probably go and be a punter in you know, a decent level of of American football, Canadian football, and he's got he's got kicking ability that's up there with association footballers in terms of the diligence he has. Now, obviously, it's a different shape ball and all that kind of stuff, but but they are brilliant kickers of the ball, and and so yeah. But... I think get over it, mate. Tom Brady might pick one. <laughs> <laughs> Move on. I think that's one of the things I was really impressed with, the kicking from hand, and also the use of spin on the ball whilst kicking from hand. Yeah. A, lot of the, a lot of the kicks you see, they're not just like dead down the centre, they kind of drift in, don't they? There's, there's, there's a curvature to the kicks. There's a... And like that, I guess that requires quite a bit of technique to do that, kind of, those kind of kicking. And also kicking around the corner as well. I noticed that like quite a lot of kicks are from a wide angle and kicking around the corner. And I'm sure, that, I'm sure when you're watching the highlights, you're just seeing the kicks which go in. There's probably like, you know, for every one which goes like that, about 10 which go wide but it's still pretty impressive bear in mind it's on a cricket pitch rather than a, a narrow rectangular pitch if that makes sense yeah if you look at so my social media every now and then you'll see a boundary kick where a guy is taking essentially a kick from fairly like looking straight at the the four posts sort of lined up and he manages to kick it around and in between the central goalposts, their, their their use of kicking has has informed rug, rugby coaches. You know, there was a guy called Chris Latham who used to play fullback for Australia, and he he grew up playing Aussie rules football, and his kicking was really good from hand running out of defence because because he'd grown up kicking a ball a slightly different way. I mean, this is what I like about these things is where where you can get the inter the the sports to kind of almost say melting pot. Melting pot, yeah. Anyway, so thank you guys. Cheers for your questions. That was uh, an excellent section on Aussie Rules. And if any of you listeners would like to check out uh, any Aussie Rules, there's a hell of a load on YouTube or head over to afl.com.au where the Aussie Rules season in the AFL has, uh, has been going for a couple of months and will continue until the end of September. And find a side on there. Pick one, follow it. It's a great sport. So that's probably a good place to end it for this edition. Join us again. But until then, take care and stay well. Goodbye. Goodbye.